Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast, a Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around currently drinking mead and talk about our lives living as modern pagans. I'm Margo. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. Oh. And I'm Brian. And we have guests today. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Lo is with us. You want to introduce yourself a little? Hi, everybody. I'm Lo. I am a witch and a druid now. <laughs> Joining the worst sex cult ever. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> my. And I am also a scientist currently working towards getting my PhD. Which is today's topic. Science and spirituality. Now, before we move on, what's the vintage of this mead? Like, tell us. 2020. What? Oh, okay. So it's not like super old. Made it belting. Beta belting, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very good. All right, so yeah, today's topic is science and spirituality. It's something that's come up a few times. Listeners' comments and thoughts and opinions about how we, as modern-day pagans, deal with the world of science and physics and quantum entanglements and blah, blah, blah. Stuff all over my head. That's why we have a special guest. Because <laughs> we don't know anything. And she is almost has a PhD. That doesn't mean I know anything. <laughs> I know that, things in a specific area. That kind of almost sounds like a black belt. A black belt realizes that they know nothing. I think that's sort of what a PhD must feel like mm-hmm. in a way that you know enough to know there's so much more to know. I have a theoretical PhD in physics. Does that count? <laughs> oh my gosh. Was that a dad joke? No, it's a good joke from uh, Fallout New Vegas. All right. So, Dr. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically, as an individual who has to go to university and sit in a lab and mm-hmm. study this sort of thing, how do you balance that with? going out into the woods and believing in fairies and burning shit. Oh yeah, all that. Love it. I mean, everybody here has day jobs. So. Yes, but my job for the government does not exactly contradict my spiritual beliefs. I mean... Actually, if anything, it enforces it because I mean, <laughs> I need to speak to the rest of society and it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're headed to uh, a terrible place. Oh boy. <laughs> All of my lab mates know I'm pagan. I have told them multiple stories about camping in the summer and the rituals that I've gone to. They all know that I was working towards joining the Grove and they're all super happy for me when that happened. And so they're all super supportive. So like, I've made jokes about like, we could hex the prof that you really don't like if you want. Like, we could figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes, jokes, I wouldn't hex, I wouldn't hex someone. It was just just for fun, for laughs. Did you miss that episode with the tiny little hexes? Little, tiny little, little like little jinxes, like <laughs> little like go step on a Lego, like that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's also like you know, like I have my spiritual beliefs. A lot of people have their spiritual beliefs. Like I see people around the chemistry department wearing a cross necklace, for example. Or I know there's students in the sciences that will wear a hijab to school. Right. And nothing wrong with that. That's totally cool. No one really. No one would say anything about that. I'll wear pentacle earrings to school and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of religions and spirituality still in the world of science. So in in our 
path of Druidry. We're strong believers in science anyways. It's not that you can believe it. You have to believe it. It's literally straight right there in front of you. There's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the life cycles of plants. You know, the wheel of the year is science. Exactly, really. Yeah. Yes. So science, science has finally caught up to mysticism. They can prove the chakras are there. They can prove auras are there. They can prove ley lines in the earth. You know, all of this quantum entanglement and and yeah. everything is all all being proven by science. All the energy fields. So for me, it's very simple. They walk hand in hand. You can look at it either way. Some people see it as divine some people see it as science whatever floats your boat can i ask more about that that's starting to get into like i don't know i don't know if i agree with that kind of territory well that's okay yeah that's what this show's about um like specifically could you expand maybe on the chakra one for example yeah um they can use uh it started back in the 50s with carillion photography the Karelians were a Russian couple who, for the very first time during their photography, they managed to take a picture of the aura of a plant so they could prove that mm. there's an energy field around plants. So this is when this started. You can use, oh God, Cass and Dawn have one. I think it's called an electromagnetic spadomity something or another that they use. And in a far more advanced lab, they can detect the energy centers of chakras on people. Ooh, look at that. So, and it's confirmed. Krillian photography is a collection of photographic techniques used to capture the phenomenon of electrical coronial <laughs> discharges around living beings, plants, and humans. Huh. Yeah, yeah the coro- it's like the corona I, I of love the moon. That so, so I'm gonna go science mode here and give my science answer. Yeah, like, right. um, that's why we invited you yeah. here. That's what Wouldn't we want. Wouldn't it be want. awkward if we were like, well, oh, we don't really want to hear. I don't want to hear my science take. <laughs> so you, you, might, you do your science um, take. So the science take is that first off, that's very interesting. I would have to look into that more. Well, I can send because you because if you want to send me the links, I'll take a look at it. But I can't. I'm sorry, like, that's something I would not take at face value. I wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, that's a thing, only hearing it from a friend, right? Oh, no, you go look it up. You go I look would it go up. Look there, it there's up. all kinds of science-y sort of things yeah. since then. Because the thing is, there's just so many, there's so much pseudoscience and so many ways that data can be manipulated or just presented in certain ways that is not... Accurate. A big thing within science is repetition and replication. So if it's not a phenomena that can be repeated and seen by other people in other labs throughout the world, then it's it's not going to be accepted by the scientific community. Uh, another thing regarding the photographs, uh, which is was throwing up a little bit of a flag for me, is you're talking about a energy field or corona around the plant. I've seen photos or looked at stuff where it's like oh you can see the aura of whatever it is in the photo and it's nothing but an artifact of the photography so that can happen too yes indeed yeah so i would be curious as to what the photo is actually looking at and if it is just an artifact or it actually is something because i'm sure that plants plants give up give off plenty of things they could give off metabolites or anything like pheromones into the air like i could see that happening for sure maybe 
I don't know, like humans give off heat. If you were to take a heat kind of image of someone, you would see that kind of pulsating like outward from them. Well, the heat is energy. Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> heat is energy. But as far as something else, I don't, I don't know. All right. So Carolian photography is a collection of photographic techniques used to capture the phenomenon of electrical coronial discharges. It is named after the Soviet scientist Simon Kurlian, who in 1939 accidentally discovered if an object on a photographic plate is connected to a high-voltage source, an image pro- is produced on the photographic plate. The technique has been variously known as electrography, coronal discharge, bioelectrography, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. It was first discovered in 1889 by the Czechs, re- Done in 1998 by the Polish. Done again in 1939 by two Czechs. I'm not going to read these names because I'm not going to get them wrong. Right. And then finally in 1939, reproduced by Russian electrical engineer Simon Kurlian and his wife Valentina. They developed uh, the technique uh, scientifically. They conducted experiments in which photographic film was placed atop of a a conducting plate and another conductor was attached to a hand, a leaf, or a plant material. The conductors were energized by a high-frequency, high-voltage power source, producing photographic images typical showing silhouette of the object surrounded by an aura of light. In 1958, the Curlians reported the results of their experiments for the first time. Their work was virtually unknown until 1970, when two Americans published a book, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, High-Voltage Electro... Photography soon became known to the general public as Krillian photography. Although little interest was generated among Western scientists, Russians held a conference on the subject in 1972 at the Kazakh State University. The theory has not been put to the test due to Cold War issues. It's very interesting. I have thoughts. <laughs> and what you said earlier about, you know, things in, in photographs as a photographer as well. And as I was listening to you, I completely forgot that Brian was a photographer, but my photography training was all on four by five negatives. Yeah. So we did no digital photography at all. It was all on negatives. But the amount of artifacts and orbs and stuff. Well, that's the thing. I, as a photographer, super skeptical about orbs and things in in photographs because there's just so many things that can create them. So yes, I too am skeptical on that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have seen photographs that there are things in them that cannot be explained. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Let's so after reading, I'm I'm gonna assume that was like a wiki article. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not reading academic. No, here. no, that would be a lot of effort. Okay, so first off, sounds like it's a very interesting phenomena. Making a photo using electric currents, that sort of thing. I can totally see that being a thing. I was with you up until you got to the point where there was something about some book with the word psychic in the title. Yeah, so there's a, there's a large. <laughs> emphasis on the parapsychology but there is a whole chapter here about how it was dismissed because it was russian science and western science had turned it into this parapsychology thing where russians were trying to treat it as a scientific thing so you're (laughs) anti-russian well you didn't grow up cold war it was all if they said that the sky was blue we said it wasn't and vice versa and let's and let's be honest (laughs) 
putting that in a book title is like a clickbait title. There might be good news in the content of whatever that clickbait title is, or there may not be. You don't yeah. know. We didn't have social media, putting psychic or something like the 70s, the amount of pyramid stuff and the amount of psychic. Like, and we were really interested in what was coming out of Russia because. Right. Yeah. Did you know that when Russia first launched Sputnik, it was here in Nova Scotia that they first found out? Iowa. Yeah. Unaware of that. Yeah. Get out. Teleglobe down towards Bridgewater was the first site to notice that Sputnik had been launched. It was here in Nova Scotia. That's cool. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so the point is, is that there was this concept mm-hmm. of auras. Somebody said, oh, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We could kind of see it, but no one ever did enough research on it. And we don't know if it's auras. We don't know. Yeah. It's just electrical discharge. Yeah. So that's the one other point I would add is that, okay, you're creating some image on a piece of photo paper yeah. using electrical current. That's it. That's all you can take from that. You can't say it's an aura. And then I would ask, well, like, what's your definition of an aura and how, like, I would say that just that photo does not prove anything about the existence of auras. No, but it definitely weighs more in the favor of that something could be there that's not explained. Oh yeah, there's so Compared many things to, that like, explain. Let's suggest yeah. something yeah. for yeah. sure. So looking looking at us in the room, none of us are seeing no. an aura. But to have some sort of scientific method to say, oh, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There's an aura. We don't know what that means. That like, would be neat for somebody to somebody in the Western world to explore. I'm and sure it has been somewhere or something. You would no, think we would know about it. Dirty Russian sign. Well, the other thing is, is it's an expensive process to get a PhD uh, yes. in time, effort, money. And you want to get through the process and not get <laughs> shot down when you're defending your thesis. If if anybody lets you get that far, right? Well, so a reputable that. thing is, a reputable institution may not endorse... This is also along the same lines, and you got to keep in mind not to go back into like history because it's not a history podcast. There's a reason America got to the nuclear bomb before the Germans, because the Germans. (laughs) No, it's true. They have you guys not seen the movie? They would not. The Germans would not accept Jewish physics. Jewish physics. So they went a whole different direction, and the Americans took Einstein, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, and they ran with it, and they got it. Because of some terrible political bias. Yes, yes, yes. So even like in science, through history, that exists. And there's a lot of it. We see a lot of that. Uh, And historically, archaeology suffers from that. People will interpret things that finds from the culture that they're in and the and the expectations they have of what was happening before and then they do DNA and they find out that that classic warrior Grave. burial yeah. was a woman and then they have to think about was there really Scandinavian women that fought um, yeah. well wasn't it just like within the last few years that they discovered that well yeah we're talking about uh, Norse that there was several individuals in Norse burials that were from the Middle East. Yeah. But which, for the which longest time, make... they denied it. Yeah. Until yeah. society woke up and said, oh, we can't, we can in, only deny this so far. In here in North America, there was finds of people on the West Coast 
that dated way pre-land bridge stuff. The guy got run out of his university. Oh. He was shamed. And it was, what, 20, 30 years before DNA caught up to the thing. But he redid his experiments. He redid his experiments. And so, yes, it's not foolproof. Peer review isn't foolproof, yeah. but it's the best we have, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. In today's society, science, of course, is to a certain level that requires... A certain amount of peer review, a certain amount of testing, a certain amount of of various variables to be proven. But that doesn't necessarily apply through a history, mm -hmm. as, as we know. Yeah. On, on that topic of pre-land bridge yeah. settlement, you go to port in Newfoundland, and they have the red ochre people there, these red ochre people who they found their graves and whatnot. They predate the land bridge settlement by 15,000 years yeah. and they're in Newfoundland. Yeah. But there's lots of backlash and people lost careers over it and that sort of thing. So we can set up systems like peer review, you know, sort of things and things still fail because we're all human yeah. and, and whatever. But I would think that a lot of things like studying of auras or chakras would be really hard to get past a oh yeah to for get sure. approved for yeah study. Do you find that you run into any other things like on your pagan path so far that you're like I, I can't buy into that? Like I'm sure, there's lots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. For a while, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe in gods. I can't believe in magic. Like, I'm a scientist. I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? There was this whole, like, crisis in my brain about that for a while. Yeah. But I feel the same way with the Fae, and then every time I say that, I get punished. So <laughs> no fairies. Yeah. No fairies. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that. No. You no, know, I, I don't do fairies. So, I'm not sure if you're aware of this group, but there is, and I think they mostly meet online, and I think there's more of them, more groups now, but they're called Ethiopagans. Oh, yeah. So, I facilitate for somebody in one of the prisons who, he came to me and he said, I see value in ritual, I see value in mm -hmm. this, and the, and the relationship with environment, and mm -hmm. all of those things. But I can't do the supernatural. It's not no gods, no ghosts, no this, no that. And I'm like, okay. And this is a few years ago before it was a big thing. And so I did some Google and I thought, what can I bring this guy? And I came across this Ethiopian group and that book yeah, um, that he has. That yeah. And, you know, he has in a lot of ways very UU-like principles and yeah. those sorts mm -hmm. of things like the Universalist Unitarians. And they focus on ritual. They focus on observing the environment and being connected with the environment. They follow the wheel of the year. They too. follow the wheel of the year. So it's it's very interesting. They have a podcast, if people are interested. This particular group, anyway, called The Wonder, Science-Based Paganism, oh, I think I it's called. Oh, uh, I yeah, I... I listen to it because uh, you never know what you're going to learn, right? Yeah, so it's an it's another way of approaching it mm -hmm. for people that struggle. The one person that I think the guy that originated or first wrote the book, I think his he, name is Mark Green. I'm pretty sure. I was going to say it's Mark or Mike. And yeah, Mark. I, Green. I listen really closely. You yeah, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, he drifted from a pagan movement into this belief system. Like he, he, you know, he realized I can't go here. I can't go here. I can't, you know, but there are people coming off the street where this is a really good entry point. And maybe through practice and ritual, 
a God speaks to somebody, right? A God makes themselves known. But maybe this is this is the way they interact with the world. And if it works, it works, right? It also depends on people's beliefs. Like for me, my belief behind gods and goddesses is that they're simply personifications of concepts and ideals. So I, I don't necessarily think there's a room up in the sky full of a bunch of random guys being like, Oh, I see Ryan over there. He's masturbating. Let's oh, no. take a plane off his chart. No, yeah, I, I, that's not uh, how I view it. Yeah. And so, and that's, those things are different views to everybody else. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same. Like I've said before, I'm somewhat conflicted again, because I question whether I believe in reincarnation yet. I've had past life experiences. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> it's, that is so oxymoronic, but. So how, as a scientist, how do you feel about a variety of the topics that paganism covers that have no explanation, such as the soul? Mm. So going back a little bit, I did identify as atheopagan for a, quite a while when I was trying to figure my stuff out. And so that was kind of the space that I could put myself in to still be able to participate in all of the benefits I get from being a pagan and having ritual and having that connection to nature. That's wonderful. That's Mm. so wonderful. And kind of putting aside the little mental distress Mm -hmm. from my science-y side and then the gods and goddesses and magic part. It was like, okay, we're just going to do this for a while. But then I have like thought so much about this. And uh, it's my, my thought process is that the scientific method is great and it's super powerful and it's does amazing things, but it cannot prove or disprove the existence of magic. It cannot prove or disprove the existence of gods or goddesses. There's no way to test that and, and say yes or no one way or the other. So I really think spirituality and religion in general is such a personal thing. It's not for science. It's not, it doesn't have to make sense to everybody else. It just has to make sense to you. Right. Absolutely. They can work hand in hand Mm -hmm. and it's your own personal choice. I personally do think they work very hand in hand, but that's just me. That's my own personal belief. But here's the thing that if I ever had any doubt that stuck at home for me about, you know, the the spiritual world or the natural world and, and me and our connection is within the brain, there are specific tissues that are responsible for keeping the heart beating. Correct. And what are those tissues made up of? Well, they're made up of cells. And what are those cells made up of? Well, they're made up of molecules. And what are molecules made up of? They're made of atoms. And what are those atoms made up of? Subatomic particles. And what are those subatomic particles primarily composed of? Energy. Everything is 99% energy. So to me, I'm connected in that creative energy. Mm. And that's how I see it. For me, if I, if I can get into my own energy and let it drift into other energies, I can feel those things around me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. That's just me. That's that's my my take on it. And some people see, you know, the old stardust concept. You know, with nothing new is ever created. We're, We're all made, made up of each stardust. other. Yeah. All of this idea. You know, there is some science apparently behind that. But maybe I'm just I'm too airy fairy. Maybe. <laughs> but no, but maybe I, maybe I'm too harsh. No, 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 no
that's I excellent. Kind of, both sides. This is a, a little different, but I think kind of what you're thinking. And this is kind of where I come from. So this is an analogy. And I know Brian hates stories. This is like this. He hates those things. But no. anyway, I come into the room and you're holding your hand up to here. And I say, what are you doing? You say, I'm talking to my buddy. They want me to grab some milk on the way home. And I go, you're talking to a piece of glass and, and plastic. Like in my head, that's what I see, right? I'm right, but you're right. And the point is, you need that glass and plastic to have that conversation. But the thing that has value is the content of the conversation that you have to bring milk home. So when I get into a conversation and somebody says, that's not a near-death experience, that's a flooded DMT. They don't have to be two separate things. The DMT can be flooding the brain and... The important thing about that means nothing to a person near death or, you know, where wherever they are on that line without the content of what that unlocked within them. The content is, has the mystical, the spiritual value. The mechanism by which we get it is irrelevant in the realm of spirit. It's necessary, but the, the value is in the content. Sometimes science and spirituality are hand in hand, I think, like you say, Maeve, and other times you may need that, but the value comes from the spiritual connection that you have with nature. Mm -hmm. The value comes mm -hmm. from the, you know, the relationship and those sorts of things. They, they do different things. They are viewed differently. And, and the science part is probably necessary. You need that phone. You need that DMT to have that near death experience. You need whatever, but from a faith spiritual, cosmological, where do I fit in the universe aspect? It's the, the content, it's the value right? for us personally. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting in my marriage because Dave was a, how does it work? And mm -hmm. I was a, why? Why is this important? Why is this whatever? But he always wanted to figure out how, right? So we balanced each other, but I can see definitely the how is important, right? You need to right. know mm -hmm. how things work. Mm -hmm. The science is, is important, but not always overlapping. We're not completely, it's not this Venn diagram of a circle on top of a circle. No. Right. So we'll talk about this more in the next episode, but we're also like, we're talking a lot about non-physical concepts, but when it comes to like medicine, of course, that's often a large issue in paganism where with alternative healing and, and such, like, I'm a druid. I'm going to mm -hmm. take all my vaccines and take my vitamins like a good little boy. And yes. Get vaccinated. Yeah. Get vaccinated. <laughs> eat, eat my little Fred Flintstones and be good. Yeah. 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 So, very much so. Like, obviously, you strongly believe in that. Oh, yeah. I think definitely. all of us here do. Like, yeah, well, but that's like any form of magic. Yeah. Whether it's for your health or for prosperity or for relationship, or for joy and happiness, you can do the magic. You still have to do the hard, mundane, boring, day-to-day -day stuff to make that work. After enlightenment, the laundry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, like, <clears throat> at Little Mysteries, again, we would often have people asking about the spell kits and stuff, and explaining, like... If you want a better job, you can't simply do a spell for a better job. 
and sit on your couch and wait for the job to fall in your lap. You still have to put out your resumes. You still have to go to the interviews. You still have to do the hard work. The spell may help something manifest from a direction you didn't expect or weren't aware was available, but you still have to do that hard work. And it's the same. You still have to go apply for the job. Yes. Mm -hmm. You gotta go make the resume and bring it in. It's the same with health as well. Like you still have to go to your doctor. You still have to go to your therapist. You still have to reach out for professional help, you know? And if you're as lucky as I am, you do have friends who will sit you down on a piano bench and tell you (laughs) that you need professional help and they are not professionals. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little trauma story from my past. (laughs) So wrapping up, do you have any more thoughts you want to share i just wanted to comment on what margot just said because like i 100 percent agree and that's totally how i view magic and so in my brain in my sciencey brain i'm like yeah this makes sense to me i'm still gonna put in the mundane work maybe for that job spell but then i'm like well so ma- either magic's real and i'm giving myself a little extra nudge towards that direction or magic's not real and I lit a candle and did some deep breathing and meditation and like thought about what I really wanted for a little bit. Like at the end of the day, you know, nothing, nobody's at a loss really. Exactly. So I'm going to keep doing what's feels good to me. The fact that it feels good to you as well. Yeah. You know, even if all you're getting is a little personal calm out of that Mm -hmm. in our world that we're, living in right now that's that's huge a little personal calm is yeah but it also that little personal calm carries you through that interview in a way that you may score a little better absolutely for sure one of my new favorite quotes i've heard recently is some call it magic some call it quantum physics some call it prayer no one's arguing that it exists they all just argue what it's called (laughs) absolutely i love i've seen that recently that's very very good yeah well, Lo, I'd like to thank you. We'd all like to thank you very much for coming here. and Thank you so much. And braving <laughs> us. You're a very brave girl. And uh, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Hello, beloved listeners and patrons of Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. We would like to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude for your unwavering support of our podcast. With your encouragement, we have been able to explore and celebrate the rich and diverse world of paganism and spirituality. We feel blessed to have had the opportunity to share our knowledge and experiences with you. As we continue to grow and evolve, We invite you to join us on this journey and become a Patreon member of our podcast. Your contribution will help us to continue creating quality content and provide you with more exciting episodes filled with wisdom, insights, and a little enchantment. By becoming a Patreon member, you will not only support our mission, but you will also have access to exclusive content behind-the-scenes goodies, discounts, and much, much more. Together, we can create a thriving and supportive community. Today, 
we would like to shout out to our newest Patreon, Sherry A, for donating to our cause, and we would like to welcome them to our community. To all of our amazing Patreons and our supporters and listeners, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of our three witches and a druid family. Until next time, everyone, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.